The second reading is an excerpt from For Those Who Seek Freedom by Anasa Troughton. These are the days that separate the courageous from the apathetic. These are the days that separate the purposeful from the foolish. These are the days that separate the loving from the fearful. How will you spend your days? For those who seek the freedom of all people, our daily work must be about healing and deliverance. Even with all that is required, day in and day out, in communities, churches, organizations, and state houses, the repairing of humanity is ultimately spiritual work that must be attended to as rigorously as the more practical tactics and strategies that we employ. God is calling us into greater alignment with God's will, calling us to go out and be the love that God has for each one of us. But remember that God's love is not always easy. God's love is there to both call us into the truth of who we are and to soothe us when those truths are hard to face and harder to transform. Notice that I did not say God's love is here to call us into the truth who others are. God's grace asks us to look at ourselves, heal ourselves, grow ourselves, save ourselves, and in our wholeness, call others into theirs. Are you willing to do the daily work of looking in the mirror? Are you willing to sit in a circle and face the truth of your own privilege while you invite others to do the same? Are you strong enough to see where you are in the way of the freedom you seek? Jesus knew his work deeply and was so committed to it that no threat, no fate, no ridicule could deter him. As we fiercely ask others to embody the love of God, humility is our greatest ally. Our work for liberation is beautiful and daunting. You too will be challenged, threatened, questioned, and denied. But for us, there is no greater obstacle to our divine path than ourselves. When uncertainty comes and courage is required, we must summon the courage that opens the heart, not the courage that emboldens the ego. Our power to transform our communities lies in our power to transform ourselves. Be powerful enough to love yourself. Be powerful enough to be tender with yourself. Find the souls around you that see you clearly and accept your light and your shadows. Let them see the truth of who you are and invite them to witness your wholeness. Care for each other. Nurture each other. Hold each other accountable and together go into battle for the things you know are worth fighting for. Good morning. 
Good morning. Good morning. Right. You know, being a Unitarian Universalist requires something of us. Our shared faith, this living tradition, calls us to sacrifice something in response to our calling to this place that we call our own. What is the cost of being a Unitarian Universalist? It is the cost of working daily in our lives toward justice, equity, and compassion in human relations, of upholding a commitment to democracy without squelching the needs of marginalized voices whose needs don't constitute a majority. It is a willingness to care beyond ourselves for the interdependent web of which we are a part and to consider how our actions impact others at every turn. Being a Unitarian Universalist is not an easy path. Being a Unitarian Universalist doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. Being a Unitarian Universalist is not anything goes. If we live out this faith beyond Sunday morning, we are confronted at every turn with a chance to live out our commitments in our daily lives. And yet, in that challenge, there is comfort. In this work toward justice, there is peace. And we can lean into that while it might yet be found. One of the things that centers me in our shared faith is the work that I get to do with Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. Together, we agree, we agree to be transformed in the service of the work that we do, even when that work is uncomfortable or painful. As black UUs, we are committed to guiding each other through these seasons of transformation by offering both accountability and support. For us, the work we do in blue is a spiritual mandate, a calling, a commitment, indivisible from the work we do as organizers. It is this relationship between claiming our faith as you use and using it to guide and galvanize our personal growth and efforts toward liberation that has lifted me up during some very difficult times. Now I'm reminded that as Unitarian Universalists, we count among the sources of our faith Jewish and Christian teachings, which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. As I probe those teachings about love and community, I am especially struck by the creation stories that are preserved in the book of Genesis in the Hebrew Bible. Now before I go further, I wanna say that I am a you, you who is theistic in my orientation to this faith. And I recognize that words like God can be challenging for some members of our community, and I respect that. Please know that when I speak about God, what I mean is a power that exists beyond individual human agency. A power that arises and resides in community as community when we enact our shared commitments to love and equity and to being transformed in the service of the work of making justice. I am appealing to something beyond our individual agency to which we yield in the building of beloved community. That something is wide and deep and broad enough to hold us all across our differences 
It looks like a community that might not be perfect for anyone, but it's good for all of us. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 31, we are told that God created the world in six days. Now, I'm not here to parse the literal nature of this story or to determine what is meant by day or to study the historical veracity of the text. Rather, I ask that we look beyond those concerns to something else that the story is pointing us to. Namely, that the spirit of life, the spirit of love, created something with speech, through words, through divine utterance. We are giving a glimpse here to the notion that there is power in this holy breath to call something into being in a place where nothing existed before. Now, the authors of Genesis report that in the beginning, when God began the work of creation, a wind swept across the waters. In Hebrew, the word for this divine wind or spirit is ruah. What's especially interesting to me is that in the second chapter of Genesis, in verse 7, it is this same breath, this same ruah, that is poured into and shared with humankind to bring forth life, to animate our being. The same divine breath that we are told hovered over the expanse of nothingness and then called the natural world into being is breathed into God's first human creation. This breath of life is shared intimately between the human and the divine. Now what comfort might we find in this narrative as we seek to do the work of dismantling white supremacy and systems of oppression that harm so many people every day. What does this old story from the wisdom literature of a minoritized people from a long time ago have for us today? What does this story have for us right now? I invite us to consider there is power in us that is as close to us as our own breath that courses through our very being. In this story from this desert community from long ago, we are told that people share the divine breath that creates, that animates, that calls forth in places where there was nothing before. Now we are reminded as Unitarian Universalists in the first principle upheld by our member congregations that we are to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Refracted through the lens of white supremacy culture, that principle is wrongly interpreted to be about our own individual specialness, a right to perfect comfort, a right to a life without challenge in our congregations. Understood properly, the first principle reminds us that everyone we interact with is our neighbor, one who shares that same divine breath, and that each of us is worthy of respect. This must be a respect that includes moving through the world without being forced to navigate systems that foreclose opportunities based on race or other markers of identity. That power that some of us call God 
that some of us call the spirit of life, that some of us call healing energy that arises in community, that power resides in us. We gather together in worship to lift up the good, the holy that comes, the God that comes, when we share in the work of dismantling oppression to enact our commitment to justice. Now, too many times I find myself in UU communities where the work of justice making is somehow separate from faith and formation. As a black working class woman, I find this experience both confusing and alienating. My first role models for organizing, teaching, and ministry were the black women who raised me and the community members I grew up with in Buffalo, New York, many of whom were poor and black, who showed me how to get things done. None of them would have called themselves activists or organizers. They were just people who were committed to the liberation of marginalized and oppressed people as a spiritual mandate, a duty to be upheld. My grandmother never would have said, and I will now do my justice work. <laughs> but if she saw a hungry child, she gave him something to eat. They knew that they hadn't gotten to where they were solely on their own steam or efforts, and that giving back to others was a requirement for living in the world. I wish you used, with all of our supposed intellect and theological superiority, would take a lesson from folks like the people who raised me. Grandma never would have called it justice work. She just would have fed a hungry soul. My Aunt Lizzie never would have called it public service, but she was committed to teaching adult learners how to read. Blue has deepened my belief that justice making is the evidence of our faith. Worship is a posture of the heart, and that we as UUs are not, in fact, just a religion where we can do whatever we want. Sure, we're not dogmatic or creedal, but we are called each and every one of us to find meaning and then do something with it. That doing something is the substance of our shared living tradition. We have been called into being for such a time as this to live out the bonds of beloved community and to make that vision a reality. We know that no human institution is perfect, but we are reminded that we needn't be perfect to share in the work of divine creation to use our breath, our money, our time, our talent, our resources, and our collective energy to build a world where equity and justice reign. We have a chance to accept the call that life demands, that faith demands, that Unitarian Universalism demands, to embody life reaching out to life, love reaching out to love, to embody the deepest truth-telling we can find so that we might liberate ourselves and others with our stories, just as generations found peace in the story of divine breath in the book of Genesis. This moment, especially, asks those of us who benefit from the asymmetrical privileges wrought by systems of oppression to sacrifice the myth of meritocracy to give up this notion that everything owned has been earned. Instead, this moment is calling us to examine how our social and cultural position 
rests on the oppression of those who have been marginalized and minoritized, erased from human narratives, and left to suffer in an unjust world. This moment asks if we will use our breath to speak truth to power, to openly challenge rhetorical violence, to make space for those who have been spoken over. Blue has raised its voice and amplified the voices of others in this faith who have often been pushed aside or ignored and have done so with great personal risk. The nasty email messages, innuendo, dismissals, suspicions, suspicions, threats, and freighted silences that have come our way as we lift up the voices and experiences of black Unitarian Universalists should be no surprise to you. Black liberation efforts have always been met with violent opposition, tacit dismissal, and some kind of oppressive response. And yet we push on because it is what our faith demands. In blue, we say often that risk is real and relevant as a way to remind ourselves of what the stakes are as we proceed to live out our mission and goals. Unitarian Universalists everywhere can take a deep collective breath and move forward into a future that mirrors the world of equity and justice that we dream about. We can exhale our anxieties and pretensions. Stop looking for the next charismatic male, able-bodied, white, middle-class leader and follow those on the front lines in the fight for love and justice. Those who don't necessarily embody what we think leadership should look like or sound like or be like. As a community, as a faith, we are called to breathe life into something new. Breathe. May it be so. Amen. I mean, I shade.